Welcome, welcome to the Student-Centered World Podcast, where we talk about all things hands-on teaching and keeping your energy and sanity in the classroom. This teacher-turned-consultant is making it her mission to help as many teachers as possible become the best version of themselves and keep their passion for teaching on fire. It's her hope that we never forget why we desire to have a passion for educational progress. This, this is Student-Centered World, and this is Jen Bry Soccer. When it comes to the concept of connecting with disconnected students, so many of us have specific faces that pop right into our minds. Each one of our students has their own personal story, but some of them tug at our heartstrings more than others. We know the students who we worry about when they're not with us, the ones that we lay awake at night thinking about, wondering if there's anything we can do differently for them. When school is closed for an extended period of time, be it a natural emergency or for school vacation, it is especially stressful as teachers often struggle to find ways to keep in communication with these students. If there is an expectation that work is completed during this time, it adds an extra layer of angst. And speaking with teachers in this situation, it is clear that this is the number one issue plaguing so many of them. But teachers can only do so much. Much like within the classroom, there is no one-size-fits-all answer to reaching students outside of the walls of our buildings. If we're being honest, some of them very may well be completely off the grid if they aren't present in school. When it comes to a lack of communication, it's important to determine why before coming up with a plan to combat it to whatever degree you can. Many students, no matter their age, go home and assume what we would consider being mini adult lives. If they're not in school, it is very out of sight, out of mind, especially if education is not a high priority within a family. No matter how hard we try, this is a barrier that we might not be able to overcome in a school year. No teacher wants to admit this, but it is a level of acceptance that is necessary in order to relieve a little of that teacher guilt from the experience. I'm not saying give up. I'm just saying that no, you can't save everyone. Sometimes the physical location of our students have a lot to do with them being off the grid. Sometimes they may literally be off the grid. They may live in a rural area, somewhere that cell phone signal is sparse, an area where the internet is not offered, or their home situation may change frequently enough that there is nothing concrete in place from day to day. Even in the most affluent districts, this can still be a reality for some students. Socioeconomics can also be a huge factor. Even if you put forward my suggested best practice of polling your students to know what type of devices they have access to at the beginning of the year, that can always abruptly change in either direction with one change of an employment situation or an unexpected move. Don't assume everything is the status quo. According to the NTIA, 14% of the U.S. population between ages 6 and 17 lived in homes with no internet service, which was down from 19% in 2015. While this is certainly a downward trend, that still leaves a lot of children without the internet in their homes. As a matter of fact, a late 2018 survey from the Pew Research Center found that nearly 1 in 5 teens can't always finish their homework because of the digital divide. If you know that the issue is an accessibility one, it only takes a few minutes and a quick Google search to plug in an address and find free Wi-Fi spots nearby. Many internet service providers also have programs to give families free or reduced internet access so a student can complete schoolwork. It might take a little research, but presenting this information in full to a family might make a huge difference. 
They might not be willing to put in the time to research themselves because it's not a priority. If the information is readily available, it can do wonders. In many situations, factors that don't include accessibility are 100% the problem. The best thing that we can do as a teacher facing this hurdle is doing everything within our power to show a student how valuable an education is. But we only have power over so much. We can call, text, send letters, drop off packages, smile, laugh, give out prizes, call again, have friends call, give out literature, create strong relationships, and invite them over for tea. Sometimes none of it is enough when more pressing matters take priority. When I taught in a Title I high school, I often said the same statement over and over to my struggling students. The only thing no one can ever take away from you is what you know. More often than not, that struck a chord with a student who couldn't see the benefit of worrying about school. Not always, but sometimes. There's no solid answer here, but the questions surrounding this issue are starting to get louder. Don't get frustrated. Take action. Start a committee within your school, your district, your state. What are the challenges? What can be done to overcome these hurdles in both micro and macro levels? Nothing will be a quick fix, and these conversations will be debated before this issue is settled. However, there have always been issues in educational quality, and as the conversations got louder, solutions became more negotiable. Nothing in education is perfect, but as people on the front lines, we should certainly keep trying. If we even help one student, we've made a difference. All of these concerns are very much the hang-up that many teachers are currently having with the distance learning situation in so many of our schools. The past few weeks have been nothing short of a whirlwind. In a world full of uncertainty, there's one thing that we can all hold on to, one glimmer of light shining in from between some dark, dark clouds. And that's the concept that being thrust into distant learning will make you a better teacher in the classroom. It might not seem like it right now. You may be more stressed than you've ever been, or perhaps you're at the opposite end of the spectrum and are actually taking the change of pace as a breath of fresh air. It doesn't matter because every single e-teacher will end up being a better classroom teacher because of this experience. I say this because of what you're going to learn from everything. I gave my first workshop in 2014. It was a very basic lesson in how to turn any topic into a student-led lesson. After this workshop, my peers started slowly coming to me to ask for advice. Many of them made slight tweaks that changed the entire dynamic of their classroom. Others, well, they all started their replies to my suggestions with one of the following. I would, but, or I can't because, or, well, that won't work since. How many times have you began a reply about something new with one of those starters? I began Student-Centered World in 2018 with the urging of my coworkers. I had mastered the art of student-centered learning over a number of years of trial and lots of error. Every time I helped my colleagues, either in a formal or informal sense, they always would shake their heads and ask what my future plans were. Many thought I should get my administration certification, but I never really saw myself enjoying that role. When I mentioned that I was getting extremely passionate about helping other teachers, they said I should absolutely take that and run with it. And I'm glad I did because it's given me a really different perspective right now, that of teacher and educational influencer. When the mass shutdowns began, teachers were flustered to say the least. I quickly started a mastermind group on Facebook to have a welcoming community where teachers could discuss their concerns and bounce ideas off one another. Literally, being kind is a requirement to stay in the group. As days moved on, it was clear that the panic was dissipating and instead a growing curiosity, and in some cases, a means to an end, 
were being searched for more than just a general understanding of what was going to happen. Guess what happened? Sentence starters like, I would but, or I can't because, or that won't work since, began being used less and less. Sure, there are some technical issues sometimes. Other times there's the lack of engagement with students that could be putting a hiccup in the plans. But overall, those woulda, coulda, shoulda comments turn into, okay, well, how can I comments instead? The biggest win, but I've always done it this way, has gone by the wayside. It's literally unable to be used as an excuse in this situation. So what, right? After all, once distance learning is over, it's back to business as usual, isn't it? No. My friends, I want you to separate yourself from this for a moment. So many of us, myself included, have learned about new state-of-the-art concepts or devices in teaching over the years, but how many of us had the time to learn how to implement them properly, then tweak it appropriately for our students, and then execute it while keeping on target with our learning goals? We've all been to some great professional development courses where we love what is taught, but then never have the time to do more than scrape the surface of the idea in practice. How many of your districts have had the luck of going one-to-one -one with technology or at least the ability to have technology when you request it, but the devices just turn into new ways to do the same paper activities. We've literally been given a gift right now. Raise your hand if you've learned about a new program or app or website in all of this that is helping you in some way. I do a Facebook Live in that mastermind group every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Last week, I did one on how you can use Pinterest, of all things, to help you find hands-on activities virtual field trips, etc., while distance learning. And guess what? All of these fun new tools that you're using to try to engage your students digitally won't be going anywhere once you're back in the classroom. Truly, this entire situation has a giant silver lining. It is taking everyone out of their comfort zone and making them learn something new. Students, teachers, administrators, everybody. Obviously, we wish it wasn't happening, but if there is a silver lining for education, this is it. The conversations that we've been having about inequities, special education, lack of resources, they're all part of the conversation right now that is happening in the mainstream. We need to make sure that those conversations keep happening and that we can come up with some answers or at least be part of trying to find a solution as opposed to continually complaining about the problem. We need to take this moment and seize it for all it's worth. It's important to make sure you're keeping track of everything you're doing. You can create a spreadsheet or a running list that's handwritten, however you feel the most comfortable when it comes to organization. As tech savvy as I am, I must physically write on a calendar to keep myself together. The purpose of this is so you can refer back to what you enjoyed or learned a lot about, even if you only used it for a little bit. You can revisit it for other lessons and activities once you return to the classroom. Props if you have the steam left at the end of the day to actually start making some of those changes for future lessons for next year. Also, consider taking the time to work on some professional development that you've been wanting to do and have the time for, or the time to implement. Now is the time to seize that moment. My own professional development course that I offer explains how to turn your classroom into a 100% student-centered environment. Unlike other professional development courses that discuss a lot of theory and then leave you on your own to implement, <laughs> have you noticed I hate that? You will actually be creating your lesson or unit as you go, so by the time you finish the course, you're already set in motion. And guess what? You can incorporate a lot of your new toys that you're learning about right now into your lessons. 
If you're interested, the course is called A Passion for Progress, Becoming a 100% Student-Centered Educator. If you go to studentcenteredworld.com and click on Learn With Us in the main menu, you will have access to the course that will change everything about how you run your classroom. Thanks so much for listening. Again, join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next episode of the Student Centered World podcast. I hope you stay safe and stay sanitized and enjoy the rest of your day.